Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandy. Did you know the very nature of God is healing? Is put it in nature all around us. Our medicines come from nature. Our body's actually designed to heal itself. If God put all that inside of us and in nature, then why do we say he's the one making us sick? He's the one that wants to make us well. Never do we find in the word of God, he's the God that makes us sick. He's the God who heals us. Join us today for a fascinating study on the subject of divine healing. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible, making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and something to take notes with and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hello and welcome again to Student of the Word with Pastor Bob Yandian. Great to have you here today. I'm going to take a couple of days and talk about the healing nature of God. I've taught on this before as part of series, but the one thing that keeps rising up and I talk to people about healing is the fact that, yeah, but isn't it God's will that we get sick sometimes? And isn't it God that gives us sickness sometimes? So we're going to talk about that. I'm just taking this out. It might last a day, probably two days. We'll be talking about this, that the nature of God is healing and he displays his nature everywhere. Uh, there's a verse the scripture says he forgives all of our iniquities. He heals all of our diseases. So healing and really forgiveness of sins are so closely tied to each other. We're told in the book of James, and that is that we're to confess our sins one to another that we may be healed. So there's a confession of sin tied in with healing, which simply shows again that healing and salvation, removal of sin, removal of sickness are closely tied together throughout the word of God. Jesus said in chapter nine of the book of Matthew, he said that healing is the outward manifestation that God can uh, remove sin inside of us. He can forgive sin. And because we can't see the forgiveness of sin, he shows us something that visible, but we couldn't do. Only God can do that. Even a doctor should tell you, a good doctor should tell you, they cannot remove sickness. They can only assist nature. And so God is the one who really brings healing. Healing comes from God, but sickness doesn't come from God. And so any more than sin comes from God. Uh, we don't find any scripture that says, I am the God that makes you sick, nor do we find any scripture that says, I am the God that makes you sin. Both would be tied together, but we do find scripture that he forgives all of our iniquities. He heals all of our diseases. We find titles for him. The God that removes all of our uh, sin and makes us righteous is Jehovah Sedkiu, the Lord, our righteousness, but also he's Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals us. He is our healer. Why don't you turn with me to Romans chapter one. We're gonna take a look at verses 19 and 20. I'm teaching out of my book called The Grace of Healing. And it's a tremendous book. I mean, people that have got it and just raved about it for the simplicity of God opening up the door to them and showing them the simplicity of divine healing. Romans chapter one, verses 19 and 20 answers the question that so many Christians have. What about people around the world that never have heard of Jesus? They haven't had anybody bring a Bible to them. Nobody's preached to them and they die and they don't ever hear about God. Well, we're going to find out that even without a Bible, without a person telling them, God has built into nature all around us, whether it be the earth around here or whether it be the skies, the heaven, the, all the different things that are out there in outer space that God has created. All of this is designed by God to show himself to people who don't have a Bible. The essence nature is our Bible. And the word of God lines up with nature. Nature lines up with the word of God so that even if they never learn to read, yet they can still read nature God has made out there to where everyone can understand it. This is found in Romans chapter one, verses 19 and 20, and is addressing the question, what about those that have never heard? What about those in the backwoods of, of this country, Africa, whatever, and, the, and we go and uh, we bring the gospel to them, but what about those who have never, ever heard the gospel? And so in Romans chapter one, verse 19 and 20, 
20, here's what it says. And here's what Paul says, voicing the voice of the Holy Spirit, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. For God has past tense showed it to them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. The world is the earth we stand on. It also includes the heavens that are surrounding us. From all of creation, it says that the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are seen. What invisible things? Being understood by the things that are seen, his eternal power and Godhead so that they are without excuse. When these people who are in other countries and they have not heard the gospel, when they stand before the great white throne judgment, they will be without excuse because they may voice the thing, no one ever came to me. I never even knew the name of Jesus till now. God will tell them, yes, but I built it into creation so that as the end of this verse says, they are without excuse. You know what? I don't, I can't explain this verse. I don't know exactly how it's going to happen. All of our questions down here where we literally question God, how could you possibly send a person to hell and they've never even heard the name of Jesus and never had a missionary come to them? How could you do that? All I can say is there's a verse of scripture right here that's in this book of Romans, chapter one and verse 20. It says, they will be without excuse. You know what that means? When God is through talking to them, they're not gonna be able to say anything. They're just gonna hang their head and nod and just say, you are right. I saw it all around me. There was a girl when I was in Bible school and the year I was there, uh, she came in close to a uh, uh, few weeks right after school started and came in and said, does anybody know what Mindanao is? She said, I had a dream last night, woke up, and all I could think about was a place called Mindanao. I've never heard of it. And one of the guys there said, that's in the Philippines. It's an island in the Philippines. And she said, well, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And so she prayed and the Lord began to direct her. She was going to go to the Philippines. And and honestly, she was going to be able to go at Christmas break. That was only like a couple of months away. So she started telling her friends about it. And all of a sudden, her friends started taking offerings for her, went to their churches, went to their Sunday school groups, went to the coffee house, which we had at that time, a Christian coffee house, raised money for her. And by the time Christmas came, they had enough to pay for her way over there and back. She contacted and found out that there was uh, someone over there that would keep her during that time. And so she went over there. We didn't see her throughout the Christmas break. And when she came back, oh my Lord, did she have stories. She said, I walked into that place. The moment I did, she said, the people ran over to me and she said they needed an interpreter, but they said, we've been waiting on you. We've been waiting on you to come. And she thought, well, how did you know I was coming? And so she found out they had, they had found out and they said this, when she mentioned the name of Jesus, you know what they said? We knew he existed, but we didn't know his name. And we've wanted to know about him. So we've asked him to tell us. And when they asked God to tell them, God spoke to her in Tulsa, Oklahoma. She flew out over the Christmas break and led so many to the Lord. Great signs, wonders, demonstrations that came against those that were using the powers of Satan in those camps, the witchcraft that was going on. She addressed that and, and the whole, and the whole camp gave their life to Jesus Christ. It was a great time. And so she ended up after school was over. She went back there. She was a missionary there for a long, long time. God led her there. Can you see what happened here? God answered the prayers of these people because they want to know who Jesus was. And so they saw this in nature around them. They said, there has to be a God. There has, look at all this is around us. There has to be. And so this verse says again, they will be without excuse. Let's read the NIV on that particular verse. Again, Romans 1, 19 and 20. So 
instance, what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that men are without excuse. Let's find out what those verses are telling us that nature teaches us. Number one, we learn that God is all powerful. He's omnipotent. And so when you see nature out there, it's teaching us that he's the most powerful creator, the most powerful creature of all. And he created the entire universe, created the earth, created us, created everything. And nature teaches that. So number one, God is omnipotent. God is all powerful. Number two, nature teaches us about the Trinity. Notice it said there, his Godhead. It even teaches there's more than one member of the Godhead. This is nature around us. Nature teaches us about the Trinity. Number three, without a preacher, nature teaches us of salvation. His eternal power, his Godhead, and all of nature around us teaches about the fact that God wants us to be saved and come out of our sin and must apparently, since he's powerful enough to create the universe, be powerful enough to take our sins from us. And then finding number four, nature teaches us God's love, the power of the Holy Spirit and redemption. There's a couple of books been printed throughout the, top, the past talking about the signs of the zodiac in heaven. And of course, the moment you mention that, people start thinking of satanic stuff or witchcraft or stuff like that. Listen, God put the stars up there and he arranged them in a particular order. And those pictures are up there. It is man that has taken it, and especially the works of the devil and turned it into something evil to where Christians won't look at it. But honestly, God actually put the stars up there, arranged them in the order that they are. And the pictures that are in the sky teach us of redemption. I mean, we have, uh, you know, Aquarius, the water pot being poured, a great symbol of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And we have Virgo the Virgin, a type of the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. We have all these pictures up there. God placed them there. So there's some great books. Bullinger wrote a great book on the uh, gospel in the stars, how that God placed all that up there and took it from this verse of scripture here in Romans about the fact that even without uh, a Bible, without a preacher, God has preached the plan of salvation. God has preached the plan of redemption and placed it in the stars around us. Turn with me to Psalm 8, the eighth Psalm. While you're finding the eighth Psalm, let me quickly say to all those who support me, thank you. You guys are a great blessing. I'm here today. All the stuff that's around me, cameras, everything else, the stations we're on. You know what? It's because your faithfulness to give has brought all this about. Yes, I have a call from God. Yes, I have an ability to preach and teach, but you know what? It doesn't go beyond that. I can't go out and just create money. I can't go out and just create all this stuff. No, it takes people that'll give into this ministry who believe in this ministry, just like I believe in this ministry. Thank you. And for those who've been supporting for some time, double thank you, triple thank you. For those of you who just started supporting me, thank you. Looking forward to a great time here in the future. For those of you who are considering it, stop considering it, just do it. If there's even a tug on the inside of yourself, obey that and start to give and see what God's gonna do in you. And together, we're gonna do some great and mighty things. So for those of you who are not givers right now into this ministry and yet you've been watching for some time, I'm anticipating you becoming one. And so just go to bobbyandian.com. You'll find a place on there where you can become a partner with me in this ministry. So it says in Psalm 8, let's take a look at verses 3 through 6. When I consider the heavens, I have to have to see this as David out there laying on a hill one night, all the sheep around him and the, and the stars just in their brilliance. He says, when I consider your heavens, this is what sinners do when they look at the, the universe around them. 
They see all this, and when they come to the conclusion, there's a trinity, they come to the conclusion God's all-powerful. But what about if you know the Lord as Savior? Well, the, then all of a sudden, the, the universe around us paints pictures of what Christians should be like. He says, when I consider your heaven, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have ordained. Notice this, he said, the works of your fingers. All the heavens are the works of God's fingers. The most least powerful part of three things that are gonna be mentioned here are the fingers. The fingers have some power in them, but he says, you literally created the moon, the stars, and all the heavens with your fingers. Later on, we find in Hebrews chapter one, and it's also quoted in the Old Testament, that the earth declares his handiwork. So when God created the earth, it took a little more power because there's more power in your hands, and he took longer with the earth and made the earth because it's special. This is where all Christians would live. This is where people would live. This is where Jesus would come. This is where Messiah would be born. This is where Messiah will rule from throughout all of eternity. This is where heaven will come and rest over. And the last one, though, Isaiah 53, who has believed our report and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? We go from his fingers to for creation, for his hands, for the work on the earth, but finally to the work of redemption. That took his whole arm. It took more power for God to raise Jesus from the dead than it did to create the universe and the earth. He goes on to say, your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him? And the son of man, the offspring of man, that you would visit him. For you have made him, that is mankind, a little lower than the angels, but you have crowned him with glory and honor. We have been below the level of angels as far as our creation, but by glory and honor and position, we've been exalted above it. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands, and you have put all things under his feet. We will see you as soon as the break is over and continue right here. How much faith do I need to be healed? In The Grace of Healing, Bob Yandian answers this question and reveals the missing ingredient to the healing you've been praying for, grace. Throughout church history, the doctrines of grace and faith have been taken to separate extremes as they relate to healing. The result is that many believers struggle to receive healing from God. Those on the side of grace deny the need for faith, believing that God only heals a select few. For those who only see a need for faith, the pursuit of healing becomes a legalistic struggle to change God's mind. Pastor Bob takes a different approach with practical biblical teaching that balances both elements of grace and faith. You'll find the healing you've been waiting for when you find the missing ingredient of grace. To order The Grace of Healing, visit bobbyendian.com. A new book just came in. I've been waiting on this book, Theology Simplified. This is a class I teach at Karis Bible College, and I've been waiting to put this into a book. It's eight different theological terms that sound difficult, but actually are very simple. I just simply think the Bible sometimes is filled with complicated sounding words, but you break it down, it becomes very simple. This book is called Theology Simplified. Let me tell you what all it covers. It covers predestination. It covers reconciliation and sanctification. It covers glorification, justification. Redemption, propitiation, and election are all covered in this book. And again, big words with simple meanings. I bring it down to you. Go to my website, bobtheandian.com. You'll find how you can have a copy for yourself. Blessings upon blessings to you. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. 
If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. Back to our passage in Psalm 8, let's take a look at it again. Uh, you just had to put yourself in David's position out there, laying out there in the total darkness and yet the universe around you and just the fascination looking for hours at the stars. He says in verse three through six of Psalm eight, when I consider your heavens, right now that's all he's doing, just meditating and thinking on the heavens around him, the works of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained. Again, in this passage of scripture, the heavens were made and all the universe was made by the fingers of God. We're told in Hebrews chapter one and verse 10 that the earth declares his handiwork. And again, there's more strength in your hands, but we're told in Isaiah 53 that uh, when Jesus Christ came to die on this earth and all that the plan of redemption, who has believed our report and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed. So there's more power in your arm than there is in your hand. There's more power in your hand than there is in your fingers. It comes down to this, the least amount of work that God had to do in creation was creating the universe, just and it was done. He created all this stuff with his fingers. When it came to the earth, he took more time, because again, as I told you, this is where man would be, this is where redemption would come, this is where Jesus Christ would come, be born here of a virgin, come back and rule from here forever and forever, and heaven will even come and rest over the earth forever and forever. So he took more time with the earth. But then it goes on to say again, that with redemption, it took his arm. What am I saying? Notice what verse five says, you have made him, that is man, a little lower than the angels, but crowned him with glory and honor. When man was placed here, Adam and Eve were placed here. They were created uh, by creation lower than angels. They couldn't just suddenly appear and disappear and go everywhere, have the strength of angels. No, angels excel in strength. Man did not, but God took this lower creature, but crowned him with glory and honor. And notice this made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. Remember, we talked about that. We don't have dominion over uh, Saturn and Pluto and, and other places. No, we have dominion here on the earth over the works of the hands of the Lord. You put all things under man's feet. What this verse is saying is to the redeemed man, nature shows man's place in God's plan. To the redeemed man, nature shows man's place in God's plans. Man has been given dominion and nature serves man. Notice that closing verse. God says, I've given you dominion over the works of my hands. And he went on to say, dominion over the works of my hands, you have put all things under his feet. On this earth, man has been given dominion over nature. Nature is here to serve man, not the opposite way around. In all of the things we hear around today, man, we're trying, we're constantly giving ourselves, saying, no, no, this animal has this, this one has this one. And man is constantly backing up, giving more and more dominion to the animals. When God said, no, you have dominion over the animals. You have dominion over nature. All this has been put here to serve you. Plants and animals are our food. Next of all, they are our clothing. You know what? When Adam and Eve sinned, the first thing they did was they took and put fig leaves around them. God went and cut open an animal and killed it and took the skins and placed it around them. In other words, the first fur coats were made by God. God showed that the purpose was that animals are to be taken and by that we can clothe ourselves in them. And it lasts longer than what man can do. Man's first idea, wrap yourself in fig leaves. God's idea, no, put clothing on you. They came from animals and they'll last for years and years and years. Not only are plants and animals here for our food, not only are they here for our clothing, nature's purpose is to keep us well. Plants exchange carbon dioxide for oxygen. What we breathe out, nature breathes in. What they breathe in, they breathe out what we need. And so we have this constant exchange going on. They keep saying, you know, 
that we're gonna run out of this, and there's too much of this. And all. Listen, nature takes care of all that. God has designed nature to take care of itself, the planet Earth to take care of itself, and to take care of us. When we have need of food, there it is. When we have need of clothing, there it is. And God has simply done that. When we need, again, fresh air, it's out here. There's been so many things about the importance of fresh air during the whole COVID thing that came out about the importance of just going out and being in sunlight. Just the fact of being out where the air is uh, you know, flowing around because of nature. Winds are out there. It's good for you. So plants again and animals, they become a plate given by God to help keep us well. Again, plants exchange carbon dioxide, which we breathe out for oxygen, which they breathe out. And again, we, we literally, there's a system going on here. Leeches are still used to clean open source. For a while, we thought that was just barbaric and we quit doing it and found out one day here, not that many years ago, again, that it was fine. In fact, it was quite good. So we've gone back to using it in some cases. Medicine, to cure us come from plants and animals. Again, medicines we have come from plants and animals around us. Aspirin, the wonder drug. We found out a number of years ago that has been here since the time that God put, you know, willow trees in the Garden of Eden. It's been here all this time and just not that many years ago we discovered it and it comes from the bark of willow trees and now we have this wonder drug called aspirin that does so many things. Next of all, we are made in God's image. What do I mean by this? Genesis chapter one and verse 26 says this, God said, let us the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, let us make man in our image. That's the spirit of man. And next of all, after our likeness, that's our body. So literally our inward man, our spirit is made in the very image of God, created in the image of God, but our outward body is made in the likeness of God. You know what? I mean, my inward image is exactly like God, but my outward man, what I mean by, by the likeness of that is, you know, does God have hands? Yes. Does God have hair? Yes. Does he look like me? No. Do, do you have hair? Yes. Do you have hands? Yes. Do you look like me? No. We have likenesses about each other, but we have our distinct differences. And even though God is not a physical person, yet he has physical attributes. We hear about the hands of God, the eyes of God, the ears of God. We hear about all these things and we have been made in the outward body in his likeness. In other words, if I could go to heaven right now and see the throne of God, I couldn't see God. He's invisible. Jesus is visible. He's in a human body. But if I could make out any kind of distinction of God, he would look like a man. He sits on a throne. And therefore, again, even though he's not a man, he has a likeness of man. My body was made in his likeness. Our spirit was made in God's image, our body in his likeness. God's nature is to heal. He placed his nature in nature and placed his nature in us. Even our own human bodies are designed to try to heal themselves. Even though we have medicines and stuff, we have good food out here that's found in nature that we are to eat yet again, God's nature is to heal. He's placed that nature in us. Our body filters out poisons through our breath, through our sweat, through our waste and keeps nutrients from the food inside of our body. Our body has the ability to separate the things that are bad in our food and expel them and keep what's good. The body was made with filters to help keep itself well. The lungs, the liver, the kidneys, 
the appendix, the tonsils. You know, years and years ago, when I was five years old, I had earaches. My mom used to talk about the earaches I had. The only thing the doctors could do at that time was remove your tonsils. We don't know why it helped, but if you remove your tonsils, then the earaches would stop. You know, we found out years and years and years and years later that we have little diseases in our body that tonsils help. They used to say, well, the tonsils are nothing. The appendix is nothing. That's why they called it an appendix. They didn't know what to do. They just called it some addition that's in the body. But since it's an appendix and since it's tonsils, they thought they could just remove them. Anytime they would cut you open, they'd take your appendix out. And they took my tonsils out and then then found out, they said, this is interesting, and when we take the tonsils out or the appendix out, it's filled with poisons. And But that they didn't think anything, they just still tossed it away. Those poisons were collected there for some reason, and now they're beginning to find out today that we're literally having appearances of different type of diseases, and it could be linked back to the removal of the appendix. And I remember years ago, I went to the doctor, a new doctor, he took all my information and wrote it down. He said, uh, what have you had removed? And I said, well, the first thing was my tonsils. He said, boy, that was a mistake. I said, well, I mean, he says, we found out since that time, since you were five years old, Bob, that, uh, you know, that uh, the tonsils are good. And so again, God knew what he was doing when he made these things. The body builds up its own immunities to everyday pollution. What do I mean by that? I don't think, it, I think it's very important that you not try to clean everything and make everything super clean. Eat what's around you. Let the body build up uh, these things. Let the body take and expel the things out of the food that's not necessary. Because while that impurity is in your body, your body builds up immunities to everyday pollution. Now, our body tries to heal itself from destructive attacks. If harmful bacteria is in our food, we throw up. If we don't throw up, our immune system goes to work and attacks the disease. Our blood contains white blood cells, which attack viruses. Coughing, sneezing, even normal fevers are ways the body expels harmful attacks. Listen, if healing is not God's will, has God taught nature and our own body to fight his will? The answer is no. Though healing properties of food and healing properties that are found in nature around us and the healing properties in our body, it all comes from God's nature because God's nature is healing and we have been made in God's image and made in God's likeness. So if healing again is not God's will, then we have to ask the question, has God taught nature and even our own body to fight his will? If sickness is his will if healing is not his will. Names for God in the Bible. His name is healing. Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals us. Nowhere in the Bible is he called the God who makes us sick. It's not found there. No, but it's the same God that makes us righteous. But there's no scripture that says it's the same God that makes us sin. Sin and sickness come from the same source, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. The source of sickness is also the source of sin, and Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. And when he did, he went around healing and doing all those things, and he also forgave sickness, and he healed diseases. He sent his word and healed. The very pre Preaching of the word of God can bring healing. Next of all, he sent his Holy Spirit and healed. Jesus said the first day he came into his hometown after the Holy Spirit had come upon him, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to heal. The first thing the Holy Spirit came upon him for was to bring people to Jesus Christ through the healing ministry of Jesus. When the body can't heal itself and nature cannot conquer it, God has healing methods even beyond nature. Believers can gang up on diseases. I love this. If two shall agree on earth is touching anything. It says anything which 
which means two believers can get together and agree on healing for a body because healing for a body is part of anything. You can give your prayer request in prayer meetings. And we've had that happen in our own church, like in Acts chapter 12, where Peter was in prison. They had a prayer meeting for him and God delivered him. Congregations can get together and pray. I remember, especially in church one time, one time, more than once, but one specific time, we had an emergency phone call from one of our missionaries who called and said this, this thing had happened. There was an attack and sickness was attacking his daughter. A number of things were happening at one time. He called for prayer. The whole, we all stopped for the congregation, mentioned his name before the Lord, the entire congregation congregation prayed and we went on with the service after that. Later on, we heard back from him and he said, here's the time it happened. It was the exact time that our congregation prayed. Over here on this side of the earth, we were praying. Over here on this side of the earth, the answer to prayer had come. You can call for the elders of the church. And the Bible says the prayer of faith will save the sick. The Lord will raise him up. If there's any sick among you, next of all, we even have gifts of the Holy Spirit, gifts of healings and working of miracles. We'll see you tomorrow. Take up right here and be blessed to find out God's nature is healing. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts by visiting our website at bobyandian.com. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. If you would like to contact Bob Yandian Ministries, visit bobyandian.com and click on Contact. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.